Speakers. This is the way. This is the morning drive on News Talk WVMT. The boss, Bruce Springsteen, and it's Joan Sheehan's theme song. We are back on the morning drive here on this Thursday morning, and we've got Democratic mayoral candidate, longtime city councilor. Joan Shannon with us this morning. Good morning, Joan. And, by the way, even more importantly than Joan, is she brought her dog, Monzi, with her. And Monzi is keeping her eyes glued on me because I have treats on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good morning, Kirk. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, Joan. Now, I have to ask, Joan, I was looking at your website yesterday and at some of the pictures. And one of the pictures that was a picture of you and your sisters as little girls, which I love that picture. I assume it was in New Jersey. Oh, was it is it the one where one of my sisters was on a bike? Uh, I don't think so, but there was a, a there was a dog in the picture, which I was I, I always expect uh, there to be a dog. There's a picture. It's of- funny because um, yeah, we always had a dog, uh, of course, but the dog is always with me in the pictures when yeah when we were little, right. So you know that that's funny because it, it seems like the, the 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 dog resonates with one of the children in the family. And it was you. I, I well, I used to take the dog. <clears throat> you know, mostly the dog was just kind of loose in our yard. Um, but I used to take the dog for walks, and I would yeah. take the dog to the playground, and they had like a one of those wide, short kid slides. Yeah, and I'd take the dog down the slide all the time, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> and you know, it was a big family. Sometimes you didn't get all the attention that you might want, and the dog was the one who would listen. Sure. Yeah. And and never never choose somebody else's side. Yep. Nope. I'm yeah. with you. Totally with you. Yeah. Well, it's uh, a great picture. And I was I actually was looking at the picture just trying to figure out which one of the little girls was you. Ah. Uh, which where do you fall in the line? Are you uh, first, I'm, second, third, fourth? I'm number four. Number four. There's five sisters. Yes. And do you live in? No, you don't live. In, I was going to say you don't live in the five sisters neighborhood. No, I know where you live. That's not the five sisters. <laughs> no. That would have been kind of cool. <laughs> that would have been ironic. Now, okay, so last night uh, was the Channel Seventeen debate. I watched it, um, and of course, you have two candidates. I was sort of thinking I was going to see you and Emma Mulvaney Stanek. Instead, there was two other candidates there who filed petitions. Um, how did it go last night? Um. My team says says it went well. It's one of those things I find difficult to judge myself. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing nothing too crazy happened. I think that we we all got our messages out. So hopefully, it was helpful to the voters. So I don't I don't know if you're counting the days, Joan, but I am. There's 33 days left to the mayor's race. 33 days from today, we will be picking a new mayor. Of course, there'll be voting going on before then, as you know, early voting. Everybody uh, will have their ballots by about February 15th or... That's right. 15th it, to 17th. So, so really, it'll be concluding in 33 days, and we'll know that night. Um, so with 33 days left, where does the campaign stand? What are you doing to to win this thing? We're just going to continue doing what we're doing, trying to communicate with voters, Um provide opportunities for for voters to meet me and talk about their issues and um it's really just about communication and exposure and being out in the community knocking the doors making the phone calls 
Um, every actually every Saturday morning, I'm out in your neck of the woods, Kurt. So Saturday mornings, Java with Joan at eight thirty at the Bagel. Hey, and I go. know Dave Hartnett's been doing some door knocking with you. I understand. Uh, Dave Hartnett can't knock enough doors. I think we spent about three hours last weekend. Nice. Uh, Dave and I knocking some doors. Yeah. And it's fun to knock doors with Dave because everybody knows Dave. Well, that, some people have wanted to shut the door on me and, and he doesn't come to the door with me. He usually kind of stands on the sidewalk. And then I'll say, as they're trying to shut the door, I'll say, do you know Dave? Yeah. And they're like, Dave! Yeah, right. <laughs> Good to have Dave with you. Well, I was going to say, you know, I'm a novice to all this, but I think about the idea of just going, walking door to door. And it's great because you want to meet the people. You want to meet them. But um, it, it's got to be a little intimidating. And it, I would bring, I'd bring a, a wingman or, I'd, you know, somebody uh, from each neighborhood and, uh it's like so then you get an opportunity it's like an instant uh invitation and then yeah. you get an opportunity to have real conversations it kind of breaks down that whole people are a thing. lot more um willing to open yeah. the door and have a conversation when they see somebody they know of sure. course so yeah you always want to go with some somebody from the neighborhood when you can would yeah. you say the reaction overall has been good <laughs> the reaction has been great i've been i've been really pleasantly surprised um, all right, now let's talk about some issues, Joan. There was uh, just recently at the city council, there was the resolution to put uh, the that s- people got through petitions, uh, the Palestinian resolution, I guess you might call it, is- Israeli-Palestinian, have voters weigh in on a resolution uh, that would have gone in front of the voters on town meeting day. Um, it failed by a vote of seven to five. Uh, there was a lot of, I listened to the public forum, there was a lot of comments back and forth why did you ultimately vote not to put it on the ballot? Obviously, some criticism uh, of a lot of people that night saying that it was a violation of the democratic process to not let people weigh in. Well, there's been court decisions that that have said otherwise. But really, aside from that, I think that we if if somebody goes to the trouble, if a group of people go to the trouble of getting petitions signed, I think that mostly we should put it on the ballot and my initial reaction to this was that I would put it on the ballot. I don't think it really matters whether I agree with it or disagree with it. And truthfully, I'm very um, sympathetic to the the horror that's going on in Gaza. Um, and I'm not supportive of it, for certainly. Um, but in this case, when you look at the language that they wanted to put on the ballot, it was very, it was very one-sided, and we were really hearing from the Jewish community how putting this question on the ballot would impact them, um, and how they're being victimized by anti-Semitism, which we saw at our last meeting, people calling in, just saying these horrible things, and that it was fueling that. And I thought... Well, if somebody puts something on the ballot, the, uh, the court case um, or one of the court cases that spoke to this was when they wanted to put the question of keeping the rebel name on the ballot in South Burlington. And the decision was that the council, you know, it doesn't have to do with council business. The council did not have an obligation to put that question on the ballot. Um, this was not something that had to do with city business. We didn't have an obligation to put it on the ballot. If somebody wants to put something that is racist or harms 
you know, part of our community, I don't think that's the kind of thing we should be putting on the ballot. And ultimately, I reached the conclusion that this question would be harmful in our community. And listening to the, you know, kind of intimidation um, that was happening in that meeting and other meetings on this topic, um, one counselor noted, you know, yeah, it's good to have a conversation, but when this is a conversation is, <clears throat> excuse me, is somebody going to feel comfortable putting a sign in their yard uh, having this conversation when it's so charged and inflammatory? And it didn't seem to me like this would be healthy or productive for our community. We can still have those conversations, and I do think that we need... Um, we need a forum to have a civil conversation about this. Um, I know that the Jewish community had reached out to, you know, they, they are open to having, having this conversation. And right now there, there is an, an imam, which, uh, causes some problems, but I still think that there's an opportunity to have a discussion about this issue. All right. And another issue is the three cent property tax increase proposed by the administration. It's going on the ballot. Can you give us your thoughts on that, Joan? Because, of course, it's a tough time for taxpayers. Understand the difficulty in the budget, but we're looking at a big educational tax increase. And now we have the three cent increase uh, in the city municipal side for the budget. Um, it's It will be on the ballot for people to decide. Your thoughts on, on putting that on the ballot? Well, since the last time we had a municipal tax increase, we've had about 17% inflation. And so we're looking at a 4% tax increase here. In addition to having a 17% inflation rate over that course of time, uh, we have done provided all kinds of services to the city um, on ARPA funds, and we're losing those ARPA funds. So this tax increase is both really difficult for the taxpayers. Um, our taxes are too high, and there's still an expectation about level of service and how much we can cut. So we have a $9 million hole in our budget to fill, and <clears throat> we're filling it in a variety of ways. We are doubling the hotel tax. Um we're banking on increases in our rooms and meals taxes, continued growth there. And we're making $3 million of cuts to our budget. And we don't know what those are yet. That's because what I was going to ask too early. It's too early in the, um, in the process. We're doing an operational analysis, which is not yet complete, to figure out where we can get some efficiency and make those cuts. But um, how does the administration know they can make three million in cuts? How three million? I mean, we don't know where they're coming from, but how do we know that they can find three million? Uh, I asked exactly that question, Kurt, and the uh, answer was really that we don't we don't know. We just ha set a goal of having. I, I think that might have been five percent. You know, it was just the goal of what we think we need to do in order to. Only have because obviously, like a ten percent tax increase isn't what our community wants or can afford. So we're going to have to make these cuts. And I will say, this budget still doesn't. Um, and we're not voting on a budget now, but the calculations thus far 
don't even have the 87 officers that is broadly agreed is the minimum that we need. Um, this is budgeted for 77. Let me ask you this. And I know we got a caller. We'll get right to you, caller. Uh, but is part of this, is at least part of this the uh, contract that we negotiated with the police? And listen, I'm a person that's a huge supporter of law enforcement. I want law enforcement to make a good salary plus but it was touted as the highest contract in the United States by one of the mayoral candidates. Um, and great, but didn't we have to negotiate that higher contract because of the resolution of 2020 that so dispirited and uh, people that they didn't want to come to Burlington? So we had to negotiate a higher contract. Great, but taxpayers also have to pay that now. Is there is that a little bit of it, a part of it? Yeah, there's, uh, yes, but across the board, um Wages have increased. Uh, we have put ourselves in a position where um, e- everybody across the country is trying to hire police, and we are not in the best situation to hire police, so we're going to have to make up for that with with extra pay, um, and we've had some success with that. We have also diversified the so when you look at the line item for sworn officers, that line item is actually less, slightly less, but less than it was in 2020. Now in 2020, that was paying for a whole lot more officers. So now 77 officers is costing us about the same as, I'm not sure what was budgeted, 2020, um, probably 90-something officers were were budgeted at that at that time. So... The same amount of money gets us fewer officers at this point in time. Mm. But we've also enhanced with other services, with yeah. the community service officers, the community support liaisons. and We're talking to city councilor and mayoral candidate on the Democratic side, Joan Shannon. If you have a question for her, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888 And let's uh, go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm definitely voting for you, Joan. Um, oh, thank besides you. Besides that, you want to cut or try to make that $3 million in cuts. I spoke about this a week ago or so. Do something with the equity department. Either reduce it or get rid of it. Joan, uh, I mean, positions overall we know have grown. Uh, there's been a lot of positions added in city government over the last few years that CAX has reported on. And, of course, the REIB is, department is, is a newly created one. It has more staff than the state one, I believe, does. So your thoughts? Well, at one point it was 14 people, and then I think it was down to 10 people. So I think we have to evaluate um, what what we're getting for the money, you know, we do have a race. We do have an issue with racism in our community and in our city, and that's an important issue to address. But we want to make sure that we are effectively addressing it. What's working? What's not working? And that certainly should be part of the of the discussion as we move forward and figure out, you know, what we need to do. We need to use our our, you know, we we had some money to throw around. We don't have money to throw around anymore. It let us experiment with some things. So let's see what's working. Are you supportive, Joan, of the um, what the city did just recently at on Battery up around Battery Park area where they removed uh, a, a homeless encampment, a number of tents that were up there. There were a lot of them actually. People were referring to them as condos. 
Uh, the city finally did remove them. Are you supportive of what the city did there? Well, uh, I would have liked to have seen them removed when they went up. I don't know why we let them stay as long as we let them stay. And it's very hard um, moving a large number of people in the dead of winter, finding a place for people to go. Our shelters are full. It's it's just a really challenging, heartbreaking situation. And you can imagine if it were your job to do this, this is a tough job because, you know, you're dealing with real humans in in difficult circumstances. Is, do we have an agreement with the ACLU that's making it tougher to remove these? Um, we do have an agreement with the ACLU, and yes, it makes it tougher, but it's just, it kind of... Uh, lays out the guidelines for how it, it should be done. And one of the big things is that we have to store people's stuff, um, that you can't just take it all away. And so we have been uh, storing items for, for people. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Thanks for running, Joan. Uh-huh. I had a couple questions. One is on our charger changes for our city, it seems like we have a really low um, quota to pass these charter changes is based on how many people vote instead of how many voters are in the city. I was wondering what your ideas are on increasing the percentage of voters to qual- to make these uh, charter changes we keep pushing out qualify. Are you, are you talking about the number of the number of people to sign a petition to get a charter change, or are you talking about the number of people that approve it on the ballot? The number of people that approve it on the ballot. Sometimes we only have 30% of the voters turn out for some of these charter changes votes. So we're not even getting half of the people that live here to participate. And what, okay, we got it. She'll answer that in a second. What's the second part of your question? There is an MPA meeting for War 7. I think it's February 28th. Uh, I don't see your name on the list. I was wondering if you were invited to that. I'm not aware of being invited to that, but thank you for letting me know, and uh, we'll check. Okay, and Joan, a comment on the number of people that are voting. Well, that's that's the same number of people that um, elect us in in every position in the city. So do we need to increase voter turnout? Yes. Um, but can we uh, declare nobody a winner because only so many people show up at the polls? No. Also, our voter lists are, are um, you know, as a, a college town, our voter lists can get a little bit bloated with people that have left. So those percentages aren't completely accurate either. All right, let's go uh, back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yeah, hello. Um, um, my question is, I've been in Burlington for 52 years, and my question is, what instances of racism is she talking about? Um, there's racism, I would say, in hiring processes. Um, we know that there's racism in housing decisions. Uh, and I think that until you walk in somebody else's shoes, you're not going to know exactly what their, what their day looks like, what they encounter on a regular basis. Uh, so, I, you know, I am not a black person. I can't speak directly about that but i have walked beside enough people 
and seeing how they're treated differently, often in pretty subtle ways. Um, I have seen how walking beside somebody, uh, how sometimes they're not listened to, but I will be listened to. And so that's given me the ability to help somebody give them entree uh, to an opportunity that they don't have when they're just going it on their own. So uh, I don't want to call out really specific situations, but the data does demonstrate that there is racism. And I'm also not going to say that some of the things that we've seen, like with the um, some things can be twisted, the data can be twisted to say that something is racist when actually it's not even statistically significant. But we do need to look at our data. We need to look at our hiring practices. We need to look at how um, people are treated in the work environment. Um, and all of those areas are are ripe for racism. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on The Morning Drive. Good morning. Um, one of the things that concerns me most is with the budget for our schools. Knowing that um, working in, in schools myself, um, the fat that's there and, and the superintendent saying that there's no fat to be trimmed. And yet there was a dinner that was hosted at Santiago's uh, a week or so ago for all of the global majority, quote unquote, um, so that they could come together as uh, faculty and staff at the Burlington School District and have dinner together, again, on taxpayer dollar. Uh, and I'm wondering what our administrators, our city council, our school board um, think, why they think that that's a good way to spend taxpayer dollars. All right. uh, they also did the same dinner for LGBTQ folks. Thanks for the question, Joan. I mean, obviously, you're not on the school board, but the city council, so it's not directly your purview. But if you're mayor, certainly you'll have a little bit more role regarding this. But what are your, your thoughts about the schools? Well, I'm not familiar with the specific dinners that, that the caller is talking about. Um, and I certainly don't know how they were. Sometimes there's different pots of money. Sometimes somebody will make a donation of something. So I have no idea if this was paid for by tax dollars or not. But what I will say is my daughter graduated from uh, BHS in 2020. And I looked at what my daughter was getting at BHS and the opportunities she had uh, throughout, <clears throat> excuse me, throughout her public school career from, from kindergarten. And it was clear that out, other neighboring communities were had more opportunities for kids than our kids had. You know, Burlington um, has been operating on a very tight budget from what I can see for a long time. And so the change you were talking about, the per pupil weights um, earlier this morning, and that's been key for kind of equalizing this. But the I did not see anything in the Burlington School District telling me um, that there was a lot of overspending here. Uh, it was pretty tight. There was a, there were classrooms that didn't have enough chairs for the kids. 
Um, there were, you know, opportunities at an elementary school. You could, you could go to South Burlington schools and you had very merry theater there and these great productions. Um, and we didn't, we didn't have that at Champlain school. So I think that a lot of the, um, you know, where there would be an opportunity to save money is probably some consolidation across school districts. We've got Joan for a few more minutes after the break. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to check in with Fox News. Uh, man, it's got the headlines. We've got the forecast. And then we'll be back to continue the conversation. FM 96.3 AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. We've got a few more minutes with Democratic mayoral candidate in Burlington, Joan Shannon. If you have a question for her, give us a call. you got to make it quick because we've only got a few minutes left with her. Uh, Joan, before I ask you a question, though, um, I want give us uh, tell us where your what events do you have coming up? Where can people go to see you if they want to have a chance to see you in person and ask you a question? What what's coming up on the campaign? Um, well, this Saturday we have we have several things coming up. Every Saturday I'm at the Bagel at eight thirty, and then uh, I I go to another coffee shop around town at nine thirty. So at nine thirty I'll be at Black Cap on Church Street. And then from three to five, I will be at uh, Butter Bar and Kitchen in the New North End from from three to five. And what's the next debate coming up? The next debate, uh, there's two coming up. One's the chamber. One is seven days on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, I think. Okay. Can people attend those in person? Yes. Okay, great. Because I had someone asking me yesterday if they could attend. They wanted to get, go to some debates in person. Joan, I want to ask you about... Um, the memorandum of understanding that's been proposed with the University of Vermont. Um, where do you stand on that? Um, I have been looking for the university to show us how they're going to build housing that doesn't make the housing problem worse in the neighborhoods. That's kind of my bottom line. Because building dorms for freshmen and sophomores is the only kind of housing you can build that actually makes our housing problem worse because if they increase enrollment um, and they build this housing to bring in more students on campus and then junior and senior year and beyond, they just, you know, they're not taking care of them all four years. Then we have more students in the neighborhoods. And since the last MOU, since 2019, they have added 1000 students to the neighborhoods. So we need to start recovering that. Um, and so that's been my reservation. I haven't, I haven't seen that commitment. The MOU is only five years. And so you look at their build-out plan, well, there's no MOU right about the point where all of this comes online. So you're trying to hold UVM's feet to the fire a little bit. Right. And is, uh, what is the, the zone? They need a zoning change, right? That's right. What, that's what they need from the city? Yeah, they're asking for, for a zoning change and... Um, initially came forward just asking for the zoning change. And I said, well, I think we should, I think this should be, you know, negotiated. You bring up a really good point that I don't think any, I've, I've heard on the show anyway, is the, about the conversation is you're absolutely right. If they build housing for freshmen and sophomore, that just means two years down the road, they're dumping a lot more people into the housing market. Right. There has to be, it has to be a complete housing program. Right. Because otherwise it's, it's, it's just literally creating a more more people looking for apartments. Yeah, and I think the situation has gotten pretty desperate for students too. You know, yeah. my daughter is in college in in another tight housing market and 
the kids can really get taken advantage of yeah. in these markets. They have to figure out freshman year where they're going to be living junior year yeah. and make commitments and put down money. And um, it's not uh, it, it's not fair to them. Either. No, no, it really isn't. We got time for one more question, but it's tight. So you got to make it concise on the question. You're live on the morning okay. drive. Go ahead. Make it quick. Okay, thank you. I don't have a question. I would just like to wish Joan uh, luck in the upcoming election. I don't live in Burlington, but I would definitely vote for her. Uh, sounds like she's the only candidate that would hold people accountable for their crimes. Um, that being said, uh, if you are lucky enough that Burlington voters uh, smarten up and vote you in, I promise not to park in your parking spot on Main Street. <laughs> is, is that a change of your habit? Yes, probably. He's a <laughs> Sounds like it might be. I think he's an old Winooski jo- or Colchester boy. Yes, that's where you park. And Joan, you do believe, since the caller asked that, part of your campaign, you've been endorsed by police and fire. And you also just got a new endorsement, right? From- I did. I did. I have um, oh, three of the city's four unions have endorsed. All three unions have endorsed me, including the AFSME union, which represents around 300 workers in the city. I've been endorsed by the, I was endorsed by the police uh, union and the fire union prior to the, um, you know, before the caucus. And how did you get asked me? I mean, just in other words, did you have to go to a a process where you were talked in front of them or how did, just quickly, how that work? They had a meeting um, and they talked to all of the candidates, but for those of us that were serving on the city council, it was during our city council meeting and so we couldn't go. So they said, submit a statement for us, which I did. Um, and that's been the problem. You know, I think I'm known to a lot of city workers and, but I'm very, I'm very proud of that. I'm running against a union organize, actually two union organizers, both uh, Will Emmons and Emma are union organizers. And so for me to win uh, the support of the city workers and our public safety workers, I'm really proud of that. And you do believe, as as the caller mentioned, that there has to be accountability. There has to be um, consequences for some of the actions that are going on in Burlington, which we don't seem to be seeing much of right now. I do agree with that, and I will speak to that as mayor, but I also want people to realize that there there are limits as to how much control the mayor has. I also don't want people to think that um, I'm somebody who wants to lock people up and throw away the key. I really want to um, use enforcement as an opportunity for people to get the help that they need. But the bottom line is, you you know, it's not acceptable to me that people are shooting up and dealing drugs openly in our community. And I think there needs to be intervention. And doesn't there have, there's something wrong in a system, Joan, isn't there, where Tyshawn Lee last week was able to barricade himself in T-Rugs bar in the old North end, have two hostages making Molotov cocktails. And when we checked out his record, he had beaten his girlfriend to a pulp near nearly killed her along with a whole host of other violent crimes, but yet he's still out. Well, yes, it's a problem. We, we can't have people that are violent like this in our community is the answer locking them up or, you know, well, Why like- did this happen? And I think there was a really interesting article in seven days after the guy um, who threw all of the planters and rocks and everything through the windows in the Five Sisters neighborhood. And then he went to prison and he killed his cellmate and they took a look back over the course of his lifetime and said, you know, how did we get here And I think that we do need, you know, I do agree with the progressives that we need to look at root causes, 
But I don't agree that we, you know, just ignore what is happening in this moment because somebody was traumatized as a child, which is really sad. If you're committing violent crime time after time after time, you need to be in jail, don't you? Uh, you need to be in jail, but at some point you're going to come out and you need the supports to be successful in society. And I don't see us getting that when people are coming out of incarceration. We're not doing a whole lot to help them get a job, to help them live in community and be successful when they come out. Lastly, Joan, I know you've got to go, so we're going to let you go. Um, but just real quickly, um, Karen Paul's campaign manager sat here on the show and said unequivocally that Karen Paul would be make he said make no mistake about this let me be clear as a bell that um karen paul will be supporting the winner of the caucus has karen paul done anything to support you as the winner of the caucus uh i don't really want to talk about other people but um i have i have confidence that um she certainly has not done anything to to work against me i appreciate that it's hard coming out of these caucuses. People need a little bit of space, and we're all good. All right. Joan, Joan, uh, Joan Shannon, she with her dog, Monzi, here. She knows how to get to my heart, bringing Monzi with her. So, Joan, thanks, uh, f- thanks for being on The Morning Drive, as always, today. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks for coming in today, Joan. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right here on News Talk WVMT.